0: Science. Hello and welcome to Probably Science. My name is Andy Wood.
1: I'm Matt Cashen. I'm Jesse Case. And we, we got a, we got a returning a uh, multiple returning guest. So another another comic who has a foot in the science world. I'm so jealous
2: of guys that can return multiple times. i've heard of multiple returning you know what i mean with me it's like i gotta wait at least a day uh
1: well to be fair it's just been a couple of years he's had time to recharge yeah yeah yeah
3: Yeah, Yeah, this this show really takes it out of me (laughs) yeah i always i (laughs) find i always need a nap after
1: you give so much to it though it's shane moss how are you shane i'm so wonderful how are you guys good uh so you you may know shane from his podcast here we are and also you got a brand new science festival science and comedy festival going on in uh second week of september in in north carolina oh cool tell us about it shane before we get into stories because this is this is pretty cool
3: yeah 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 so so during during covid when i you know my my podcast here we are is like a strictly science podcast it's like you know i don't have comedy anywhere in the description and it was always a hobby of mine until COVID happened and i couldn't do comedy and then um a, a, a little over a year ago i wanted a comedy outlet again and um joined up with my good friend ramin nazer who's an incredible artist mm. and very funny stand-up comedian and we started doing a show where it's just us each week. Um, he, it's, it's kind of billed as a yin yang sort of thing. He interviews artists and mystics and things like that for his show, Rainbow Brain Skull. And so, and we've been collaborating for years on things, and we started doing this show where we kind of, I put together science topics to riff about and we, um, we have a silly time and then, uh, we make a piece of art for, or rather he makes a piece of art. I get to come up with the ideas, which is the easy part. And then, uh, and then we've been doing that each week for a little over a year and we built this little bit of a, a fun following. We have a lot of artist followers and we were riffing one day about wanting to do a festival and getting all of our artists together and one of our biggest patreon supporters reached out and is like hey guys i happen to have a uh place lakeside retreats and i'm uh, I, I i do concerts for um a living like he does he does lighting and st- like he's he's gonna be doing all the lighting at red rocks in a couple weeks for example and and it's so gonna be the most has- well-lit festival like, like really stro- strobe effects and stuff like oh yeah yeah he, yeah he he bought the um he bought the lighting board from um from fish a few years
2: ago <laughs> uh, it's, it's amazing it's yeah amazing.
3: And so it's like this little lake it's like it you know we're we're looking at getting between like 500 and a thousand people there which is going to fill the space really nicely But it's kind of a, it's a small, like, man made private, uh, lake. And. What's it called again? The lake? Lakeside Retreats is the, is the name of the area. It's like 20 minutes from downtown Raleigh and he reached out and we got talking and i'm like this is amazing and then i came in may to check out a couple little festivals he was doing because at first we were like yeah maybe we'll get like a hundred or two hundred of our fans together or something and then once i saw the place i was like oh this is a much bigger deal than i realized and i moved to raleigh immediately um just to start making connections and spreading the word and everything else and so uh it's been it's been wild so it's basically a combination of everything that we do so we have a music stage going from 2 p.m to 2 a.m um all three days uh, and then we have another stage that has like three or four science talks each day and um like two stand-up shows each day and uh there's like a live podcast each day as well um from various people and there's like a wellness area with a sauna and ice baths and yoga classes. And then a bunch of our artists are coming. We have kind of this like artist row area, this road under these trees where we're going to have like, looks like at least 30 artists um, so far, maybe more like 40. And yeah, it's like turned into this whole thing. Now, is
2: there going to be any cross stage promotion? Like like uh, the artists are painting the people in the ice baths. And you yeah. get, like, an ice bath. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and then you can yeah, sell yeah. merch, yeah. but it's you in the ice bath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. This is why... Uh, why aren't I involved? Uh,
3: These... we, we, you should be involved. <laughs> we need ideas like that. <laughs> All of our ideas are the most ridiculous um, things. Here, Here's... This is probably the craziest endeavor, and it's, like, getting real now. You know when you have a silly idea, and, like, that would be kind of a funny thing and then you tell people that you're going to do it and then you're like oh now we have to do that (laughs) um one of the things that we did was so i noticed there's a there's someone that supports my own personal patreon tier and the mind under matter patreon at a hundred dollars a month um so Hmm. like a big supporter so i reached out one day and i was like hey Do you have like a band or art or a business or anything like that you'd like me to promote i'd love to give you a plug i very much appreciate it and he's like oh no don't worry about it i'm 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 i don't do anything i'm just the owner of (laughs) boatcarpetoutlet.com and
1: i was like boatcarpetoutlet.com that's yeah well wait wait yeah Is this a a company that other people know about? Because to me, that just seems like words randomly jammed together.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's a real random ass company. It reminds me so much of, I used to tell people, I didn't know this was a peculiar thing to have come out of your mouth, but the way people receive it. um, My first factory job, I worked in a crouton factory. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone always laughs because it's so random. And you forget that people do these like weird little tasks in the world yeah you sort of feel
1: like it it, like the crouton factory should just be like a shed out the back of the bread factory Uh, yeah (laughs) it should just be like the bits that have gone stale we just send them down we send them down to shane in the back room and then he does the crouton bit i mean i
0: I also did that job i was a prep cook for a summer and i cut steel rolls into croutons (laughs) Really? <laughs> yeah. Two out of four people
2: <laughs> Have Well, not, not so fast fellas <laughs> uh, Not so fast I um, I was at boatcroutonoutlet.com
1: uh, <laughs> I, um, I actually had a job gluing croutons back together to make toast okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wow uh, So it sounds to me like when this guy emailed you back he yeah. clearly did want to plug He's like, no, don't plug it, I'm just the owner of no, he was like <laughs>
3: embarrassed to be the owner of oh. carpetoutlet.com but then I did a 25 minute riff about boat carpet on one of my one of my shows um just cuz I thought it'd be the silliest thing to do and then I he got some boat
0: carpet sales.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, sent me more money for the boat carpet sales. Are we talking the
2: Meridex six foot wide marine grade vinyl flooring? Oh, you talking... know your boat carpet. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, yeah. I just went to the website. I was like, this is bullshit. And then it's, uh, I like the, the seamed
0: 34 mil version, Jesse. What do
2: you go for? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. The carpet trim options are nice. The the
3: the colors of the 8.5 foot are pretty nice. Well, whatever you do, listeners, don't screw up and go to boatcarpet.com because their, their stuff is garbage, by the way. You want to, you want to get the stuff straight from the outlet. And it came, it turned into this whole running joke. So then when we put the festival together, I would, I reached out to him and I was like, Hey, um, can you just send us some boat carpet? And like, would you come and give like a boat carpet presentation? <laughs> and, and it was this whole thing. He's like, I don't know if I can get away from the family. My wife thinks I'm crazy. I'm like, put your wife on the phone. I'll talk to her. Sure. And it turned into this whole thing. Cause we were, there's one stage where when I was at the festival, it's like a secondary stage and it could kind of, it's in a spaced out field so it could kind of be hard to get people like closer to the stage and i was like what do you do to to get people closer and i was like oh boat carpet dance floor that's how you get people uh closer <laughs> and so and so then i was like i'm gonna need some some boat carpet for this and then and then he he's like uh well we have stuff that gets sent back that we can't sell maybe i can send you some and then it expands into like i'm gonna make boat carpet yoga mats because we have like yoga classes and stuff and (laughs) boat carpet doormat we just got a stencil made to paint boat carpet like um doormats for tents and stuff and and it's turned into this whole fucking ridiculous thing and i was he was like how much do you want and i'm like yeah just send me all the boat carpet you can (laughs) I I should text you guys the picture of how much fucking boat carpet he sent me. (laughs) Wow. It's insane. I am, I am one of, I probably own more boat carpet than any other private individual on earth. <laughs> yeah. I, I,
1: I would say. Including people who own
3: multiple boats. Uh, yeah. yeah. Wow.
0: The FTC has to get involved because you're like c- cornering the market on
1: <laughs> So his wife went for it. She was she was you talked you- to her. The CIA has going to file on gonna you gonna now. There They're there like, "What not. is he planning? Is he is he going to attack the US? Is he, <laughs> is he smuggling? How, where are these boats? He has way too much boat paraphernalia for the number of boats he has, which is zero. <laughs> this
3: guy loves boat carpet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was sent to Lakeside Retreat, so like it's it's not going to hopefully. Oh, it's in the that, name. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't ping too many things. Like like the reason why there was like a uh, a, a big meth problem was because. Uh, one, one of the many reasons it was, was because there was one of the main um, ingredients in meth is this like usually like really high regulated um, sort of fertilizer product. But it just happens to be this region where you can order a lot of that stuff because there's a lot of use for it that like particular chemical for crops and stuff in that area so people were able to order it in large quantities without raising uh, alarms and that's what we're doing with boat carpet mm. <laughs>
0: yes. wow it's incredible by the way i'm looking at the website for the festival and it, uh, is this the second year it's happened or if not where did these pictures come from
3: no, this is the first year we took some We took some of the pictures of the space for other festivals that he did recently to show
0: oh,
2: like, okay. what,
3: what it's going to look like when they're there. Oh, you mean it's, the lake guy, not the boat carpet
2: guy? The lake guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. The boat carpet. He doesn't have a resume of other fests where
3: he provides the boat carpet. <laughs> no, 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 no. And he, he thinks the whole thing's ridiculous, but... Uh, <laughs> but yeah it's 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 so it's just like gotten out of hand we had another thing happen like that with like when we put out where it was going to be um we we told people uh or we sent the link out and one of our one of our artists on discord was was like oh hey this outhouse that you have crazy my company makes these outhouses and then i was (laughs) like can you get us Uh, Another outhouse to just like decorate and turn into an art outhouse. And then that turned into a whole thing. And I'm like talking with their, the CEO of the company and stuff about, or I'm, I'm trying to connect with the boss of the company. I'm like, will you put me in touch with your supervisor to like clear this? This should be a, this is great advertising for you guys. (laughs) And it was another one of those things where it just like seemed like a really funny idea. And now it's to the place like now we're making one from scratch and the ideas have evolved to where like we wanted to, you know, the bat signal, we wanted to have like a poop signal on top of it. So anytime that it's occupied, like anyone can see um, that someone's in there from very far away. And so we've made, we've made all of these promises and now there's like less than a month to the festival and we have so much boat carpet cutting and making to do and we have so it'd be I gotta, like figure out the lighting on this outhouse and there's just all of these <laughs> insane things when i also need to be like promoting and doing all of this other stuff <laughs> but that's the stuff that keeps it silly when it's like oh how are we gonna get all the boat carpet off of the off of the truck is like well normally if i need to figure out how to secure a forklift for something i'm like oh my god now i gotta figure this out but when I'm like, I got to do this for boat carpet, it's just, that's hilarious. <laughs> now I need to figure out how to get a forklift here to get all this boat carpet off. This is amazing.
0: I guess we should plug the outhouse business as long as we're giving so much love to boat I, I, carpet. They're no,
3: they're no longer involved. Just the oh. artist. The artist is just going to make it herself. She Ooh. ended up quitting the outhouse place. So then that made it more complicated. There's <laughs> been a lot of outhouse drama over the last few months in my life.
0: That's hilarious! Yeah. Um, I wish I could go to this festival. Last next year, can't.
2: yeah, <laughs> yes, like yeah. we know
3: all these comics. I'm looking at the lineup here. Oh, um, well, there—that's a—that's a very partial list. We have a bunch more added because right now it's just a bunch of uh, it's a bunch of white dudes. Um, but we have a bunch more that we're updating it with, and some more scientists as well. Wow. Oh, Dan Ariely. I
0: I don't know him, but I've seen. Uh, yeah, t- Dan, t-
3: t- Ar- t- Dan Ariely is definitely the biggest scientist we get because uh, he has he has three best selling books and um and uh, like I don't know sixteen million TED Talk views or whatever and he's he, do you guys know him? Hey, no, you
0: know- I know the story, but I don't know him.
3: I mean, I don't do know him personally. You know, like his origin story and stuff.
0: Yeah, that was like um, I forgot, but it's like some kind of Jewish uh, holiday or out- festival born in
3: an outhouse. It's crazy. He was,
0: the fire fire was, fire, was at some house. kind of. Fire was at some kind of like Jewish holiday celebration that has like fireworks or something, right?
3: Yeah, it was a graduation thing. Oh, graduation! I'm in, sorry, but in, high in, in Israel,
0: school. is that why I connected it to? Uh,
3: yeah, yeah, was... and there was some some sort of like pyrotechnic thing that went horribly wrong, and he had like third degree burns all over his body, and had um and had uh like he spent. I think two years in a hospital, like pretty much covered head to toe in bandages and mm-hmm. nearly died. And he still has. So that was like, I don't know, close to 40 years ago, about 40 years ago now. He still has like regular surgeries uh, to this day. And it got him into he first started studying the perception of pain. Um, because he would be arguing with his nurses and stuff about, about how they would just rip all of the bandages off of his skin really fast. And he's like, please, can you like go slower? Can you do all this? And so then once he finally got out of the hospital, he was like, I'm going to prove that what these nurses was doing was the wrong way to go about this. <laughs> oh, wow and then it got him studying all sorts of perceptions. So the the pain stuff is really interesting. Like he did some studies that was have you guys heard of the peak end rule?
0: Oh yeah. I, th- I think if, uh, if something ends pleasantly, you forget that the the uh, worst of it was really bad.
3: It happens a ton in comedy, you know. It's it's right. going to be it's going to be really relatable where where basically you kind of think about pleasure or pain in units. Sort of like if you go to a movie or something, you then go like, how many units of pe- pleasure or something that did, did I experience? But it actually works in a much more, the brain processes it in a, a, a much more interesting way. So one of the studies that they did was they'd have people put their hands in um, really, really cold ice water, uh, like the ice baths we're going to have. And you would have them stay in for a minute. And it was like, you know, it wasn't dangerous to them, but it was... Uh, no one liked it. It was painful, and um, and you would have people rate their experience of pain. And then in another condition, um, you would have them do it two different times on different days, and you would alternate which one, which group did it when. I think this this was the methodology. And then the other condition, you would have people put their hand in the ice for a minute, and then at, so just like the first condition, and then after that, they would. Um, They would add, without telling them, add a little bit of warm water so it wasn't as cold, but it was still cold. It was still something you wouldn't want your hand in. And had them keep their hand in for another 30 seconds without telling them how much time had gone by or anything else. And so, logically, they're both... Your your hands in the freezing cold water for a minute, no matter what. So the one with an, another additional thirty seconds of pain should be rated as more painful. But that wasn't the case because that last thirty seconds was less painful. They actually rated it as less uncomfortable.
1: Right. So if you yeah, if you're talking sort of raw pain units, you've had the same amount of, like eight out of ten discomfort plus a six out of ten discomfort yes compared exactly. to just the eight out of ten discomfort for the for the minute but you you actually prefer the one that goes eight out of ten for a minute and then six out of ten <clears throat> to the one that goes eight out of ten for a minute and then stops
3: yeah and then the the really so then they applied this to uh, prostate exams actually which i i guess i've never had a prostate exam but i guess 20 years ago or whatever, they were way more uncomfortable <laughs> than they are now.
2: Has the I, tech has the tech changed? Yeah. Like, what, I the, what, I, I've I had I've had one. And it's just a finger. I mean, it's exactly what all the hacky jokes are about. Yeah, you know? I think they used to use some device. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. It's just uh, I mean, they lube it up, you know, they lube up the old uh, the old finger. And the lady that did my prostate exam was like, um she, she was like, uh, it was at a. a I was, this is when I was living in LA, and um, all I could afford was basically like free clinics. Um, so it's where a lot of people are doing their residency. So she's still in med school. Um, so she, it was like, I felt horrible for her. You know, she's like 22, and yeah. uh, I'm just like older than her. <laughs> like I'm like, they think that I'm there just seeking pain meds. This is like a pre cancer diagnosis thing. So they, right. they think I'm just this like junkie that's showing up for methadone or whatever and and i think that they wanted to do the prostate exam to get me to back out of it when i when i like actually wanted answers oh i'll call that bluff right and then i'm (laughs) in there and then my pants are down you know so (laughs) um but it was like yeah it was was like a
3: extremely easy I, i don't know well, maybe maybe this is something else that goes in your butt for some other medical reason. I don't know. I I might be screwing it up a little no, bit. But no, no, what... I I I think that uh, I
2: don't. No, it's just funny to me that prostate exams. It's like a toothbrush where it's like, um. The technology hasn't changed in thousands of years. Yeah. You know, I think a prostate exam now is the same as a Neanderthal prostate exam.
3: Yeah. Then it, it, maybe I'm off in the detail, but they they used to stick some very uncomfortable tool up people's butts for some sort of uh, purpose. And, um, and and then and it was people didn't like it. And it was becoming a problem because people would stop getting, you know, the treatments that they that they needed right and so so they figured out they're like well do you go as fast as possible um, and have it be more painful for less amount of time do you have it go as slow as possible and have it be less painful for much more time and they found like this that people liked the goldilocks zone of just the average speed but then after that they found out they they took that research from the peak end rule and they, like, without telling people, they just had, uh, after they were done with the exam, they just left the thing in people's asses unnecessarily for, like, another minute. Sure. And people rated those as way less painful than the, than the regular one.
1: Well, we can all learn from that.
3: Yeah. Well, so. it applies to stand-up comedy like crazy. You know, we all have that experience. Uh, I thought you uh, meant like, something up our ass while we're up there. Which yeah. Often, often, my uh, I find well, stand-up wise, so I leave closer. it
1: in for a, <laughs> yeah. a at the end. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> we can all relate <laughs> to having things in our ass while we're doing stand-up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I can't. I like it, that was always the most shocking thing about comedy when I first started out on the road when when there would be just those rough shows where i would feel like i was absolutely bombing for like 35 minutes and then just in the last 10 or 15 minutes turned it around somehow and like really closed super strong and the response was as good or better than like a lot of average shows where i just did very well the whole time
1: yeah and flip side you could be rocking it for a bit yes. but you don't finish strong
3: exactly so so the the peak end is is that your brain is yes taking in the average amount of pleasure or pain or whatever but it's it's placing more importance on what the peak of the experience was and what the end of the experience was Mm.
2: well i i normally ask my audiences to rate their pain yeah, um, while I'm up there, and uh, you know, and it's uh, <laughs> varies. So, guys, I uh, it's very. It turns out the prostate exam, Shane. I think you're right. I think the prostate exam is very modern, which yeah. I didn't realize. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize it was just invented about 40 years ago. The prostate exam is not old enough to get a prostate exam. That's crazy, <laughs> and um, that's that's bananas but then but to try to figure out i don't know why i did this i googled vintage prostate exam <laughs> to try to figure out like it wasn't done differently and just don't google that jesus christ those are some uh, <laughs> those are some videos you don't want to that's uh, i think i i think i was on the dark web for a second
0: i'm just picturing <laughs> those like <laughs> 1890s film reels of like Men in the unitards doing calisthenics or trains going through tunnels or, you know, horse running in profile right, right. Of, of, a pro, of a prostate. <laughs> Guy in like a mustache, like a waxed mustache.
3: Well, have you ever seen the, this is a scary thing to Google too. Have you, have you seen the very first ever like steam powered vibrators and stuff? Have you seen pictures of those ever? Yeah, yeah. There, where it's just this huge box, and then there's like this dildo out in front and a bike chain. (laughs) Well, they (laughs) still,
0: have it was was for curing hysteria, right?
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) They still
2: have, they still make stuff that involves the bike chain. Though I've seen some bike chain sex robots in my day. uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. There's whole, uh, there's those. They still make those
3: well that that would be a nice little hobby project too i feel like once everyone has the you know it's it's like the it, it's like that thing where you know the the evolution of uh say you're say you're carving a bowl all through human history or you're, you're teaching generations and generations how to cur- carve the perfect bowl and you're making it as symmetrical as possible and these bulls are getting like more and more valuable the more symmetrical and smooth and perfect and everything else that they are and then one day there's the uh, industrial Revolution, where now they can just press out perfect stainless steel, perfectly smooth, symmetrical bowls, and now that no longer has the same value. Now people want this artisan kind of bowl with the—they want to see the nicks. They want to see that it was handmade, and I think that's why, where sex robots will probably go at, <laughs> at some point. You
2: mean like Wait, the, <laughs> where which where where,
3: where they're going to get so good that? That then people will be like when Jesse shows his shop, yeah, you know you want, where he has the one with the bike chain and everything. Yeah, you want it to be rustic. Yeah, yeah, you want
1: exposed brickwork. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I've, uh, fixed gear.
2: Um, <laughs> if anything, I uh, yeah, the, I mean the sex robots are going to change everything, and I've and I've expressed my frustration, I think, on this show before, <laughs> that obviously. Uh, People of our age, you know, I think we're all we're all on the same on the same radar scope there. People, people of our age, we uh, we're going to get those early generation. Like if we if one day we're discussing to our grandkids, like we're going to get the Atari of sex robots. Yeah. And our grandkids or whatever are going to have the, you know, the PS5 Um, and ours are going to be, you know, you can hear the you can hear the gears in its knees and shit. And it's like a moaning loop. Uh, coming yeah, but, out but of a- You know
1: what though like sometimes the, the fewer be- fewer bells and whistles have better gameplay. You know they've really got to focus. <laughs>
3: well, and all those Atari the- games are now like coming back. You know, people like what, uh, playing the old Game Boy games and stuff. There's and there, there's something about it. So I think these these old sex robots that Jesse spent so much time dedicating his life to building, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, might make a real comeback again in twenty years or so.
2: Yeah. So the, just to the listeners out there, if you if you go out and buy a sex robot, hold on to it because it will come <laughs> yeah, back into. Yeah. You know, um, the first sex robot on Antiques Roadshow is going to be insane. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, in in 100 years, they're going to be like, this is a 2024 uh, Hyundai. Um, (laughs) You know, a lot of people died.
3: Uh, (laughs) A lot of people died.
1: Yeah, this is one of the first ones where a man had to walk in front (laughs) waving a flag.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's going to be like a... What is it, safer at any speed? I was going to see uh, Ralph uh, Nader of Sex uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Where, any... where they blame user error for the longest time and then finally figure out, like, oh, no, they were they were adding this extra-powerful jostilation thing that was very dangerous just because it looked good in the commercials. <laughs> yeah, we lost
2: a lot of good men
1: to the 2024 Hyundai. Um, wow. So, oh, by the so way...
0: Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: I was going to say. So that's the the mind o- the mind under matter Campout festival down yeah. in Raleigh. That's the ninth to the eleventh. If you if you're not getting married that weekend, then we'll go marry down. you.
2: We'll totally oh. marry you. Yeah, man, like, change venues, man. This is <laughs> like I don't want to travel. Raleigh's right there.
3: <laughs>
1: it is. It is. It is much more convenient for you than uh, Jesse. You're getting married that
3: weekend. No. Oh, I thought Matt. that that's what you were... Matt's, no, get, Matt's getting married that week. Oh, that's right. You already told me that in text. Congratulations. Nine yeah,
1: eleven. Yeah. yeah. He'll
2: never forget his anniversary. <laughs> yeah.
1: I also realized the other day, we, we also got engaged at the Alamo. So we're, we're really...
2: wait did you I don't know this I didn't know it I found out you were engaged when I got your wedding invitation so <laughs> I, that's how little I know about my friends so what do you mean you got engaged at the fucking Alamo? I mean
1: like not literally at the Alamo, like not inside it but like we we were at we were at Holly's cousin's wedding in it was in San Antonio we stayed back for an extra day and we did all the tourist stuff, and then later that night was when we ended up getting engaged. So we went to the Alamo during the day, and then we went out for dinner, and that was that was where we got engaged. But like, still, I count that as being at the Alamo because it was, you know, three blocks away in a yeah. nearby restaurant. And so we're we're really hitting the things the, America doesn't yeah, want to forget. Yeah, landmarks you, in our yeah, you, <laughs> the never forget. The, things an you'll, an things elephant you'll is officiating
0: remember. the ceremony, right?
2: Yeah.
1: What's that?
0: Sorry. And an elephant is officiating the ceremony. Yeah, <laughs> an
1: elephant. Yeah. Every, I, I, yeah
3: i've always thought too because if, if you take the alamo tour it's like because you know the type of clientele that is generally taking in the alamo tour are just these hyper patriotic people and uh, yeah, i i've i've done it so individual differences apply but but uh if you take the alamo tour and you really listen it's not all that favorable to oh, no, we America.
1: Were, we had exactly the same experience where we're there and going like, it, it is that sort of, is that Mitchell and are we the baddies sketch.
0: <laughs>
3: just yeah. kind
2: of- well, it was full of psychos. So in Tennessee, like every, uh, and this is weird because I went down a major rabbit hole recently um, about the uh, Davy Crockett hat boom of the 50s.
0: Oh, my God. In the
2: 1950s, there was a huge Davy Crockett hat boom. Everybody because the uh, the movie (laughs) came out, the the Davy Crockett uh, TV show, and all the young boys wanted to get these fucking hats, man. Uh, These Davy Crockett hats. So we've so it's very normalized for us. Right. But back then, even like in the Alamo, uh, Davy Crockett having uh, keeping the tail on his hat was like psycho. Like, that wasn't, like, a thing people did. <laughs> it was,
0: like, a, like, that guy's
2: a sociopath. Like, he just has, what the fuck? Like, everyone <laughs> thought it was crazy. And, uh, and I love <laughs> it. <laughs> And I love that. I love that now we're just like, yeah, Davy Crockett hat. But it's like wearing your enemy's Yeah. Teeth on, yeah, yeah. as a <laughs> necklace. And everybody's like, that guy's insane.
0: <laughs> you fought a That's raccoon to like, the death in your proud of it? There's full, no,
1: it's, full it's, raccoon butthole on his fucking hat. It's just what you buy your eight-year-old along with a, like a a wooden <laughs> rifle, like a right. fake wooden rifle to run around and go, I'm Davy Crockett. Right. <laughs> it's insane.
3: <laughs> yeah anyway that's, that's amazing
2: yeah there was, so there was a big boom in the 50s and it's like has an official name it was like the the Crockett hat boom was like well known amongst uh, you know cloth ears <laughs> or whatever <laughs> that's so fun
0: and Jebediah Springfield of course popularized it
3: oh yes yes absolutely <laughs> Yeah, Absolutely. that that that's that's fun when you get the adult history uh, of of things like like Johnny Appleseed, the hilarious uh, difference between what we're told as, as Whoa, kids I didn't know this actual. one, I didn't know the
2: Appleseed. Uh, I didn't. Oh, know well, the Appleseed well, Dark Truth.
3: Well, well, our our modern apples that we're familiar with uh, have undergone lots of human pressure, um, right. lots of modern human pressure to be tasty and sweet and juicy and delicious M- most apples are naturally more like crab apples or something like that they're not something that you would eat let alone like turn into a dessert um and you wouldn't curse a princess with one you would not and right. but they were good for fermenting and so that was a lot of the early alcohol in america and so what johnny appleseed actually did was go to regions where he thought people were would be migrating into and start making apple orchards and setting up distilleries <laughs> so that when people arrived, they could get drunk. And that's what he made like a fortune doing.
2: Oh, I didn't, oh, I didn't even know, know he was, was like, yeah, I didn't know there was capitalism involved. I thought it was yeah, just yeah. this guy went around, planted apples. He loved apples, this guy. Oh no! He made a
3: fortune selling booze to people. Apple booze. I just thought
1: his name was Johnny Appleseed, and I didn't even know what he did.
3: Yeah, when you name a kid Johnny Appleseed, you gotta (laughs) imagine they're gonna. Yeah, well, he's kind of guiding them into something. It's like it's like Doctor Pimple
2: Popper. Uh, You know what what the fuck. Uh, what do you mean what she's an oncologist? A... Yeah, yeah. She's an accountant, you know? yeah. <laughs> um, guys, the, speaking of accounting, should we account for some science stories this I, week? Is that- like yeah, well, a, cu- a,
1: a couple of people have sent in this story. Uh, there's a cool a, a nuclear fusion breakthrough. I know Andrew Miller and Justin Broad have both sent this in. You can it's, read uh, all about it at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. <laughs> but if anyone wants to know more about nuclear fusion... Uh, Controlled nuclear fusion, nuclear fusion for generation of electricity and its potential uses in a non-killy way. Uh, You can go back to episode 369 with Dr. Damien King, where when I was in London and I talked to Damien about uh, his work uh, developing uh, the the London or the U... It's not London, sorry. It's in the... I think it's in the Midlands or the north of England. I can't remember exactly where it is in the UK. But uh, the Column Centre for Fusion, which is part of the JET Joint... the joint European Taurus. But anyway, he explains the whole deal with fusion in a very concise way. But He, yeah, they've d- he doesn't a say things like in the non-Killy way? It's in, yeah, he, he doesn't. He uses all the right words. It's in <laughs> Oxfordshire. That's where their project is. But in California, they have achieved a major breakthrough. Um, it's been confirmed a year after it was achieved at a lab, lab in California. Researchers at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory's National Ignition Facility recorded the first case of ignition the results of which have now been published in three peer-reviewed papers. Uh, So, nuclear fusion is the process that powers the sun and other stars. That's where heavy hydrogen atoms collide with enough force that they fuse together to form a helium atom, releasing large amounts of energy as a byproduct. Once the hydrogen plasma ignites, says this Newsweek article, the fusion reaction becomes self-sustaining, with the fusions themselves producing enough power to maintain the temperature without external heating ignition during a fusion reaction essentially means that the reaction itself produced enough energy to be self-sustaining which would be necessary in the use of fusion to generate electricity so so far they've had to they've 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 create they've had fusion happen basically before but they've had to put in more energy than they've got out to uh, to make it happen and they have to keep putting in energy mm. but they said if this time, if they could harness, if we could harness the reaction to generate electricity, it would be one of the most efficient and least polluting sources of energy possible. That's no fossil fuels-
2: uh, psycho talk. Any time uh, a scientist talks about harnessing something, I get very <laughs> yeah. uh, skeptical that of, of they're
3: villainous. Yeah. You know, <laughs> people are rough on nuclear, though. I think there's a. I think there's a lot of cognitive. I mean that the the HBO Chernobyl show did not help matters um, at all. Uh, if if you were trying to get on. No, I'm I'm all for uh,
2: nuclear energy. I I just think that um, uh, just we got to get a different
3: word than harnessing. Yeah.
2: You know, oh, for sure. it will harness the power of man's yellow sun. <laughs> like it's like, all right, slow down.
1: <laughs> so, if they get fusion to work effectively and correctly, then the only fuel required would be hydrogen, and the only byproduct is helium, which we use in industry. And we're there's there's a helium you know shortage. Huge generally.
3: shortage. I just had yeah. the. Uh, got this! I'm I'm going to I'm going to Roger Waters um in a couple days here, and the guy that flies the inflatable pig for Roger <laughs> Waters is like a big fan of mine, and we connected Yikes. years ago, and he like gets me tickets and stuff. Yeah, he came to one of my. It was the craziest thing. I was in San San Diego um doing my psychedelic comedy show and I uh, like I'm in the merch uh, selling merch afterwards and this person's like hey what's your favorite band and I'm like I don't know like Pink Floyd was was probably my biggest of all time and I rattled off a few others and then the next person in line was like did you say Pink Floyd is your favorite band I fly the inflatable pig for Roger Waters (laughs) and I was like no shit we should be friends and and he yeah he gets me tickets and stuff well anyway I'm in Raleigh where he's coming through, and I was literally getting text messages from the guy because uh, he knows like you know, I'm connected in the science community and whatnot. Like a month ago, he's like, "Hey, do you think you can figure out how to get us helium? We can't find helium anywhere. Like they they don't have enough helium for the fucking inflatable pig at the Roger Waters concert." They found so, it. If actually. you ask me,
1: priority number one. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, of course. So we need to get fusion happening so that Roger Waters' concerts can be sufficiently visual. That's the number Sub- one reason. Yeah, sufficiently satirical. I, I'm yeah. sick of them
2: being used in hospitals and such. We need this uh, flying, flying pig. Um, that's a great story. That's amazing, though. That you yeah. just get Roger
0: Waters tickets. So cool. That's uh, very yeah,
3: strange. and 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 the Roger Waters can't get his hands on helium is <laughs> really strange. David, David Gilmore can't. <laughs> go more, 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 more shit of helium that's why they yeah. still have yeah, such they, beef they've got beef man they've got beef <laughs> Matt and I went to the uh, Pink Floyd exhibit in LA it was so good
0: it was great exhibit where
1: where was, was that Matt it was in like um, it was like right in central Hollywood and it was in like one of those sort of pop up temporary museum spaces like I think it's where they also I think it might be where they also had that museum of um, of uh was it like visual effects and optical illusions?
0: Is it the region, R E G E N, like on Santa Monica Boulevard? There,
1: no, it was like Holly. It was like right on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, oh. Um, somewhere like near the Pantages kind of way, um, or like Hollywood and Highland. Even I think it actually it was right by Hollywood and Highland, but um, because I remember that's the that's where I got out. I think anyway, uh, but it was great. It was it was very very cool.
2: Uh, so one thing, r- quick. One quick thing is uh, if any of you guys, any of the listeners, um, if you're a major uh, synth synthesizer head um, like myself, you know, if you're all into synths and stuff, you know, uh, Pink Floyd helped popularize those, of course. And uh, on the run on Dark Side of the Moon, you know, that's a well-known, the well-known synthesizer riff. That synthesizer that made that riff, uh, it's called the VCS-3. You can't buy them unless you're super rich. You know, they're they're thousands and thousands of dollars now because it was like a boutique company. But Behringer is uh, cloning them. They started to clone them, and they're like a few hundred bucks. So what? fucking if you, if you want to do the On the Run riff uh, like a dork at home, like I do, with the actual instrument, you know, with the same components and everything, uh, it's got the wood in cheeks. It's it's great. The, it's before it's wow. before Moog, right? So it's before synthesizers were like standardized in a way. So they used to just be a shit show so like it it has all these like battleship pegs that you use to make different sounds (laughs) it's amazing man um but that was the you know gilmore waters synth that they bought and uh, what's it called again a vc vcs3 uh the vcs3 synthy and it's uh it's pretty it's it's pretty amazing i mean it just looks like an old piece of laboratory equipment
0: oh totally it's like something someone would use in the Milgram experiment to uh, shock people or whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah, but it's um, you know, that was like a game changing. That was that was like a major game changing synth. Well, um, you can get
0: them on Reverb for as little as twenty one thousand five hundred ninety three dollars.
1: Well,
2: that's
0: not
1: bad. Get <laughs> uh, one, just do it. By the way, uh, it was at the Vogue Multicultural Museum, which is just down the road from the World of Illusions, which is still open, and it's on Hollywood and Las Palmas. It's like right, it's right in, in Central Hollywood. But yeah, it was great.
3: Yeah, it, it was it was so interesting because that's just the before synthesizers were that was the music they were trying to make kind of in their heads anyway. If you listen to the albums before they had synthesizers, they were trying to make that sound with like various horns and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, so that's that that's something that's striking to me because it it seems it seems you know. More intuitive that synthesizers show up and then you start playing around with it and you take to it or whatever. But they heard it in their head before synthesizers like really even existed, and then synthesizers came along and made it possible for them to make what they were already trying to do. Like,
0: who's gonna make this possible? Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Matt, this this no, I, I agree. Completely. This fusion story. Yeah. This was this yeah. was a year ago. They did it right.
1: This year ago, they've just con- they've just confirmed it. So, that 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 you know it takes a while to I guess confirm and go through the data and refer and you know and check it all. Uh, but the uh, it says in this article, the problem with fusion energy at the moment is we do not have the technical co- capabilities to harness this power. <laughs> Scientists from across the world are currently <laughs> working to solve these issues. In the latest milestone at the LLNL, researchers recorded an energy yield of more than 1.3 megajoules during only a few nanoseconds. That's the kinetic energy of a one-ton mass moving at 100 miles an hour. The record shot was a major scientific advance in fusion research, which establishes that fusion ignition in the lab is possible at NIF, says Omar Hurricane. What a great name. Omar (laughs) Hurricane. That is the real name of the chief scientist for LLNL's inertial confinement fusion program. Yeah, that guy wants to harness stuff. Omar... That's a... Professor Hurricane. (laughs) <laughs> <Yes, that is. laughs> Doctor Hurricane is—it's got to be at least Doctor Hurricane. There's no way this person doesn't have at least a PhD, of course, if not several. So this is well um, so,
0: somewhere. There's got to be a meteorologist named uh, Johnny Fusion who yeah. uh, everyone in his office is like, "Man, what are you doing here?" <laughs>
1: But Dr. Hurricane, who works in nuclear fusion, is a superhero name if ever I heard one. I yeah. Or supervillain. It goes well, one Well, it's way or before the, other.
2: the accident. It's before he yeah. becomes Dr. <laughs> Hurricane or what, you know. Um, where, where he
0: just yeah. goes bald and that makes him the most evil person on the planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> what's just what's a slight facial disfigurement and that's yeah. enough to signify to everyone that he's a bad person now. <laughs> yeah,
2: what's your name? Victor Freeze? Well, I hope nothing bad happens.
1: I <laughs> um, okay. hope nothing deeply ironic
2: Yeah, I hope a deeply ironic accident Doesn't
0: <laughs> There's
3: this There's this guy in um, In the Seattle comedy scene Oh, Jesse, yep. you know, Sparky Yeah Oh my god Sparky. His parents named him Sparky Sparky was his real name? Sp- yeah, Sparky was his real name That his parents gave him and then he got in a car accident and got brain damage and is way sparkier than he was before, <laughs> before all of that, which is insane. Yeah. I don't know if so, I, I...
0: I was in Seattle doing comedy for a year or two. I'm trying to... Uh, he mostly comedy
3: like Seattle. works at laughs and stuff. He's a great guy, but uh, okay. a little loopy.
1: So... Uh- Achieving the conditions needed for ignition has been a long-standing goal for all inertial confinement fusion research and opens access to a new experimental regime where alpha-particle self-heating outstrips all the cooling mechanisms in the fusion plasma. In the experiments performed to reach this ignition result, researchers heat and compress a central hotspot of deuterium-tritium, which is hydrogen atoms with one and two neutrons respectively, fuel, uh, using a surrounding dense piston also made from deuterium-tritium- creating a super hot pressurized hydrogen plasma so this is what i'm vaguely remembering from from the episode we did with damien years back is there are there are multiple different ways that they're trying to achieve fusion and they all involve different ways of creating huge amounts of energy in very small spaces and the project the european project that he's involved in involves firing extraordinarily high-powered lasers at a tiny point point. and mm-hmm. this one instead involves i think like super compressing stuff into a tiny point um, and it says here uh, ignition, but not the not the killie type not the killie type no. so I- ignition occurs when the heat well that's what, in, a, in a fusion bomb you actually need a fission bomb to set it off right so n- nuclear fusion bombs the only way they can get the conditions to actually have the nuclear fusion that creates the mega explosion is to have an already immense nuclear fission explosion to generate the heat and energy for it and you can read all about it down at Mar-a-Lago, Mar-a-Lago. everybody,
2: <laughs> Resort and Golf Club.
0: Now It's like everyone's mad that he wanted to start a presidential library. And I'm like, they all do it. It's like Reagan's got one in Simi Valley. I know. And it's like
2: he declass. I, I love that it's gotten so shitty that the argument is like, but he declassified it. It's like, great. Well, I'll just read how the submarines where they are. <laughs> That's great. Okay, sounds responsible.
0: like,
3: <laughs> yeah. it's amazing. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing.
0: <laughs> but, I mean I, nothing's I, I, gonna come of it. Nothing
1: will
3: come that, of it. that's what's more amazing about yeah. it. Yeah, that's
2: no, I know the- I know no, no, no I think they-
1: I think this is gonna be the one. This is the one. <laughs> this is the one.
2: <laughs> They're gonna turn on him for sure. This is it. guys. oh, oh my God
1: so this is the one that yeah i think i think there's there's no way the other republicans will fall in line behind him after this no nope. <laughs> <laughs> no sir that's true everyone
0: has their line and this is clearly that line this so, is clearly
3: uh, the line uh, well there there's there's so much and uh, you know i i love uh, kind of evolutionary psychology and just evolutionary biology stuff in general and and There's there's a lot of uh, I I really like thinking about advertising, which the general public would know is like things like virtue signaling or whatever, which has been butchered and then uh, hijacked by like red pill people or whatever. But but the 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 idea of to kind of advertise fitness in in various ways, whether it's through conspicuous consumption or, or whatever else you're you're incurring a cost. On yourself that that is uh, proving your strength in some way, and that goes into belief systems too. Wait,
2: let's. I don't mean to cut you off, but back up. What do you mean conspicuous consumption? And Conspicuous
3: encourage- consumption is like spending way too much on for like an emblem on a car. Oh, got it, got it. Um, then it's beyond utility, and and it's then it's kind of an honest indicator that you are so good at, at accruing resources that you can burn them in front of people. Um, yeah. So in a, in a time when you, you can't you can't necessarily show your uh, bank account to people or something like that. And so there's, there's all sorts of things like, like the peacock feathers is like the, you know, classic example of sure. this huge costly thing that the males have to impress the females with. And it, they incur a cost for having it. And they are conspicuously overcoming that cost by having it and showing that they're like parasite. They've, they've been relatively parasite free and have been able to like gain resources and stay healthy and not get eaten and all of that. With this big costly thing attached to them, and there's there's related things with um, kind of in and out group signaling, which is um, you can think about um, things like like when when people think about like biker gangs or even like Hasidic Jews or something like that that have like a like a very pronounced look um, that they kind of all fall in line with. It's there there's actually something about um, alienating everyone else—that's a—that is an honest signal to your group that you are in this in-group, um, and because it's costly, you, you aren't—you're alienating other people and not able to join other groups, and so they—they they think that you know this can happen with any belief system or politics or whatever else. So really, kind of the crazier a thing that you have to believe or keep on backing say Trump for or whatever else the more it is a signal of solidarity so it's it has the reverse effect of like oh they'll snap out of it anytime it's the more oh, he know, screws know, up yeah. the more it's just a, the, the more it's just a signal of like yes we support this yeah I mean this got so
2: far from anything that had to do with politics or government or policy so long ago Oh, yeah. Into just um, group, you know, group dynamic insanity. Um, Do you think uh, the things that fascinate me are the ways that we that conspicuous consumption you're talking about, the ways we do that um, not individually, but as entire cultures. So, like, like, it's something I think a lot about lately is how insane it's going to be that we used to have water fountains like we used to show off our water. Like we just show it off, like fresh water, (laughs) drinkable water. We just show it off, and then throw our spare change in it, like to make wishes.
3: Oh, that water flex!
2: It's it's fucking insane. Like that that it's gonna blow people's minds. Like we used to have so much fresh water, we just put it wherever the fuck. Yeah, we
1: throw (laughs) away and then we throw away our money. Yeah, we throw away
2: extra money. (laughs) Like fuck you guys,
1: fuck all of you. Like
2: it's so insane, and you don't even think about it. You're just like at the mall, right? Yeah, yeah. There's there's a zillion things like that. Yeah, I th- I just think as a nation we have the Lamborghini logo all over us, and it's like a bit <laughs> a bit ridiculous.
3: Yeah, there's definitely when whenever whenever like our ruins are discovered, um, you know, however many hundreds of thousands of years from now or whatever, or like there's 10 definitely or fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, when things come back and discover right, right. our our ruins, then when the penguins uh, yeah find us, with I'm, I'm I'm hoping that they come across some of our hard drives and things because it's gonna be they'll they'll see all these David Attenborough documentaries and see what the world looked like and all of the stuff that we had like oh my god this is how did they have all of this diversity and all of this lush plant life and everything else and. And then they'll just see some just American reality shows and be like, oh, that's that's what went wrong. <laughs> that was who knew. Yeah. It they were is, just having a little bit of fun. Got out of hand. It is one of those things where
2: the the less I mean, I guess, what is this? The Pliocene, I, the extinction period we're in. Um, people will very much look back and be, and be like, how did they fuck that up? Like yeah. you had everything. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. just—I don't know. I think about that a lot. Like that you had everything and you fucked it up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fun, guys. I'm fun <laughs> man. Um, so what else we got, guys? Love a good apocalypse.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm a fun guy. That's I like am fun at parties. Uh, believe it or not, I, uh... please, I
3: please. please invite I, me I out. I did this show, Stand Up Science. I toured around with where I'd have two scientists on um, everywhere that I went, and I showed up to one. And, you know, I just booked people with work that I thought was interesting and I showed up to one and um, it was in um, uh, Santa Cruz and this guy, I wish I could remember his name because he is great, but his like face is kind of messed up and he talks with like a slur and stuff. And I'm like, huh, I wonder how this is going to go because I can't hear him like very well. And it was one of the best talks that I've ever had at my event. He went up and explained um, what was uh, like that he had had brain cancer and they had to like remove a lot of his face and stuff like that for it and that he's dying and his everything that he studies is about the sixth great mass extinction and so like (laughs) he's dying and talking about the world dying and he had such an amazing sense of humor about it it was really magical i remember one thing in particular when he was talking about he, he was talking about what what people could do um, you know, about things, that he's talking about, you know, it's it's easy to insulate your home, and it saves you money as well. And and then he talks, and he's like, I I actually insulated, the, uh, it, it, you know, he's like, I actually insulated, like, can't talk very well, and he's like, I actually insulated, the house, my house, myself, probably what gave me the fucking cancer. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was just the best. Uh. most uncomfortable like really went for it It, i i should post that sometime it's it it was it was very fun and funny and very dark at the same time that is funny and very dark um guys you know what else is funny and very dark is uh
2: jacking off in space have you guys (laughs) doesn't work what what's that doesn't work well (laughs) what was it what was that Andy?
0: I oh, would just like uh, pre-, pre- uh, preface to this. I think we should apologize for on our podcast doing a story, which is just transcribing what happened in another podcast. But whatever, it's still a funny story. So.
3: Oh, it was a live show, not a podcast, so people can't find it anywhere. But yeah. oh, I uh, thought it
0: was on Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no,
3: no. Shane is
2: talking about his. Uh, you, you guys are confused we're uh shane uh, I, oh no I'm, sorry i'm
0: getting to into the next, next story. story yep
3: sorry <laughs> not That's the live we're show about to do. Where, where were you yeah. in, was it a crow's nest uh, i don't uh, it was uh it no longer exists the one of the one of the things that died during the pandemic just to bring it down even more crow's nest oh. no longer exists or the uh, or the no, venue no The whatever venue that i was at mm.
2: yeah it's uh, tons of venues are gone
0: no no Shane I wasn't so yes I wasn't talking about you I was looking forward into the story we're about to do about astrobating mastodots masturbating
2: you You shouldn't do it so on a recent episode of uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend um, they were discussing the hilarious consequences of sending pornography into space with mechanical engineer and contractor for NASA Smythe Millikan um So, uh, Conan waited in, waded into this uncomfortable topic while interviewing, um, while interviewing this guy, asking if he'd ever sent porn to the International Space Station. Um, and Smythe, he goes, no, none of that. And, uh, just, so Conan asked, does porn work in zero gravity? It goes everywhere. Um, you know, meaning, meaning by, uh, jerking off, like, uh, come, talking about come. Because it sounds weird to say, does porn work in zero gravity? It goes everywhere. Does porn mm-hmm. work? Uh, it means like, can you jack? Should yeah? And it's
0: sort of, it's sort of a independent, sort of orthogonal to maybe not orthogonal, but uh, well, it's one like it's not required for the other.
2: Well, right. It's but it's like a family friendly way of
3: saying it's weird. It's um, almost
0: w- less clean to.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 Wouldn't, wouldn't that be awful? Just to have your cum just get stuck in the instruments, and that's what. Yeah. That's what does it. Well, that's, so the, what, that's what kills everybody.
2: Oh, that's one of the reasons there. So there are strict um, there are strict guidelines about this. Um, sex and masturbation in space is a logistical nightmare with problems uh, ranging from floating fluids to shrinking manhoods. <laughs> According to astronomer Dr. John Millis, he compared sex in space to having intercourse while skydiving, but added that it was not impossible. Uh, presumably, cosmonauts had this in mind when Kremlin sperm scientists came knocking Russian scientist uh, uh, Dr. Irina Agneva asked male cosmonauts to provide sperm samples back in 2019. There are no cosmonauts who want to, she revealed.
0: Wait, what? This this quote unquote story is written. all over the place. This it's is uh, I don't even know written. what the yeah.
1: point. is. I mean, this I is feel... the New York Post kind of transcribing a podcast, so they yeah. probably did this. In, I'm going to say they did this in a hurry.
0: Yeah, well, it's like it has this tease that's like not paid off. Here's the wild reason why male astronauts should not masturbate at zero gravity.
2: But then it's just. Oh, you know,
0: okay, if you look at the correction, okay, I've gotten to the bottom of this. So when they first published it, they had the Matt Gorley quote Matt Gorley, comedian, co host of the podcast. They had attributed that to the NASA contractor, which, if you didn't know, it was satirical and thought he was being serious, would sound kind of crazy. Which is Matt Gorley, again, comedian, says three female astronauts can be impregnated by the same man on the same session. It finds its way. So maybe if they had first written it, as the correction implies, attributing that to the NASA contractor, they would have thought this was a wild story. And so they left in the tease saying, here's the wild mm. reason. Then they corrected it to say this was the comedian's yeah, it's
2: joke. Yeah, it's all over Snopes and everywhere. But I, I, I typed in NASA masturbation, uh, and everything's, all these fact checks on, no, NASA did not tell astronauts not to masturbate. Like, it's
1: actually called NASA-bation?
2: NASA-bation, okay. yeah. Nas- very well I feel
0: like we were taken here um this is what happens when I, I, just, no, I put away the email type, for later but I don't actually I click Google the link. something
2: like whenever I google something like that I like to I always like to pop over to the shopping tab and see <laughs> <laughs> like if I put NASA masturbation uh, and then hit shopping <laughs> um that's funny it's like an apple it looks like an apple product ad um it's a t-shirt but it looks like an apple product ad but it's just as I masturbate. <laughs> Okay. Pretty cheeky. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Uh, Well, if they uh, need any sex robots up there, I know just who they can call. That's
0: right. I got the wank different shirt, Jesse. Oh, it's it's from twenty three years ago, but uh, yeah. Uh, (laughs)
2: Um, I can't. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it's like yeah. a story that's not a real story. It's, it's just not, like, I, yeah, jerking off I, in space is, you know, have a receptacle. But obviously do you, they do. Well, there's
3: there's blood flow issues, though. I guess it's I guess it's very difficult to have an erection in space and maintain. I mean, life will find a way, but I guess that's, right. that's the case, that it's... That it's hard up there. But, why yeah, would why it wouldn't it be
0: easy? I mean, if right, you can, or just
2: a crazy boner, just a boner the whole time. Yeah, if you can that.
0: do it lying down, why wouldn't you be able to do it in space?
2: <laughs> you can do it lying down, Andy. <laughs> uh, wow! <laughs> well, <Whoa. laughs> big
1: reveal. Someone's a stud. Yeah. <laughs> uh.
0: Like I don't I don't know I don't see how the blood flow is going to be inhibited by having less gravity to work against.
3: Uh, that's maybe I'm misunderstanding, but, yeah, um,
0: I, I still think the reason this was a, this was a sort of story was that misattribution of the Matt Gourley quote. That's the only logical thing I can yeah. see why it would have been even interesting to, unless I'm missing something. Anybody else?
3: No, no. So- so i'm seeing an article titled space boners okay um and so i i think that this is from mel magazine and so um i mean it seems like pretty authoritative and it's it says now it's still possible to achieve an erection in outer space it's just much more difficult
0: i stand corrected i'm sorry Mm.
3: um and it Yeah, Oh, limited data also suggests that testosterone levels drop in space, which may contribute to erectile dysfunction.
1: So if any astronauts are listening and they've had trouble getting hard in space, it's not your fault.
2: And you can write us in. That's probably science at gmail.com.
1: And Um, uh, mark your envelope space boner.
2: Alright, yeah, I gotta get off Google. I gotta quit. That's a major <laughs> rabbit hole there.
1: Um, that's so stupid. Yep, let's all close that incognito tab that we definitely opened for this kind <laughs> <bit> of <Googling. laughs> Yeah.
0: You know us all so well.
1: Uh, um, and the, and we, we should wrap up the main episode and uh, save one extra story for the Patreon patrons. Absolutely, that- and
2: if any of the Patreon patrons uh, own boating carpet outlets, please email us. That's uh, probablyscience at gmail.com.
1: Um, (laughs) Uh, Shane where can our listeners find everything you're you're doing and in particular the festival in uh, less than a month now
3: yeah mindunderpod.com would be the way to go if you want to check out what uh, what Ramin and I are about probably Instagram is the best way to go we have um, we have a pretty High quality video component to our show, and we combine a lot of Ramin's art and stuff, and have an amazing art editor. So that's Mind Underpod at Instagram as well. And uh, yeah, it's here's a uh, here's a. Uh, so I've, I've told you that there's going to be like science talks and stand-up comedians and music, and there's there's also going to be like a pig roast at one point, and all these ridiculous oh, things are happening. But we just found out, just got a beer sponsor recently, and there's going to be some free beer as well. So if that doesn't sell you, I don't oh, know yeah. what else to say.
1: Uh, I might have to move the wedding. <laughs> yeah. We'll marry you. Ramin and I will definitely <laughs> marry you. So uh, go go to that. If you're, if you're not attending my wedding and you are anywhere near or have the means to get to Raleigh, North Carolina that weekend then do it
3: if you're within eight an eight hour drive of Raleigh, it would be foolish for you to miss it i'll say that if you if you gotta fly in and all that yeah don't don't bother catch it next year but if you're within eight hours you should definitely come (laughs) and camping's Uh, free
2: i think i think that's a fair i think that's fair math on the uh
1: (laughs) on the effort involved as always you can find us probably science.com is our website uh at Probably science on Twitter, individually at Annie T. Wood, at Jesse Case, and at Matt Kirshen. ProbablyScience at gmail.com is the email address for any questions, comments, clarifications, stories you would like us to cover. And also uh, spread the word, say nice things about us on the internet. And uh, also thank you very much to everyone who supports the show via our PayPal or Patreon links. We really appreciate that. We and do. Shane, thank, thank you for joining us.